Roach, Roach Coach. Podcast. Hot all day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, back with you for another episode of Roach Coach. This week, we're talking all about who's tweeting. Who's tweeting? That's right. We're talking about your feedback, your questions, your queries, your recommendations, your Roachamendations. Ooh. All that and more. We're going to talk about it, but to kick things off matt it's a brand new segment that's right we're over 300 episodes deep and we still got brand new segments baby innovate 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 developers 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 that's all we do it's constant innovation here at the roach coach podcast this week we have a new segment it's called what did jd say what did jd say over at we are the pit.com oh i like that love the pit love that website uh, Jonathan Davis talked about his least favorite song that the band has recorded, and it's off Follow the Leader. Whoa. This Holy is what he had shit. to say. This is what he had to say. All in the Family is the worst song ever. Whoa. It's horrible. We were all drunk in the studio, and I was trying to rap. At the time, we were having a good time, but now I just cringe. I've got nothing against Fred. It just sucks. We were out of our minds drunk. It shouldn't have made the record wow 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 yeah let's let's examine that for a moment i thought about it for a second and i think about a lot of the songs the corn has done and i think why this song sticks out is because its ethos does not really align with what Korn and Jonathan Davis in particular really represents as a person. Because mm. Jonathan Davis is a guy who, you know, on a song like Faggot, is attempting to reclaim that and take that power away that he was teased and taunted, that he's a person who is on the receiving end of all these slurs and abuse and everything. And a song like All in the Family, which they're basically trying to make a like a jokey diss track but they are sort of just hurling horrible insults at each other right most minutes. about their sexuality in there exactly and and like he said he's like we're all drunk we're all under the influence we're all getting crazy and it's the type of thing that you that you know he thinks back on probably didn't even think back on that long then he was like what were we doing what was going on because when you think about just about everything else good or bad as the song may be where Jonathan Davis was coming from it makes sense so even if it's like some song on a later album where Jonathan Davis is singing about like weird sex or something Jonathan Davis is like I stand behind that <laughs> I live it I mean it you know but with the song like all in the family I, I get it which is, but it's funny though because man people love all in the family <laughs> well that song got consistent radio play around here. Sure did. And the oh yeah, people loved. Maybe they still love All in the Family. When we did the episode, I do recall all of us kind of being like, and I hate saying it. It's a mm. little cringe. It's a little, it yeah. is a. 
Well, that was one we all got to. Not only did we all listen to it together, we got to listen to it with a full audience in front of us. Right. So we really had to like really, you know, oh boy, Ooh. I got to talk about all in the family in front of all these people who are looking at me so intently as if I'm about to say something truly profound, but I'm talking about all in the family. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I was honestly when he when he, when I saw the headline I I had a I had a couple guesses, but that was my top guess. And then I sent it to Jenny, I, I sent I sent it to Jenny and I said one guess, and she's like, oh, all in the family. She like knew instantly, instantly. Um, the other quote from this, um, this was oh, this is from an interview from Metal Hammer. Um, he was asked about the Queen of the Dam soundtrack because of course he was, and uh, Jonathan Davis shared that he became a vampire when he was making the album. He says, I had to become Lestat, and I read the books and wrote the lyrics about being a fucking 400-year-old vampire, and it was so fucking fun. So, so he was took, channeling... He took the writing assignment, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you've ever taken an acting class before, one of the most common exercises is what they call a spacewalk. And Everybody hates them because they're stupid. But, you know, but some people love them. But it's like, okay, we're just going to walk around the space. We're going to explore the space. All right. Now you're really tired. Walk around like you're really tired. Now walk around like you're a 400-year-old vampire. (laughs) And JD was like, yes. Yes, This is what I live for. I am the vampire Lestat. And mm-hmm. once again, hearing this story from my mouth for the thousandth time, when I worked at Pizza Hut, one of my coworkers looked at me in the eye and said, you can become a vampire if you want it bad enough. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Well, obviously, I'm not going to disagree with you, but also, I don't see us hanging out later, and I'm not inviting you into my house. No way. No. Absolutely don't invite him in. No, no way. Uh-uh. No way. Uh-uh. Uh, you know what? You reminded me. Yeah, I think I did I think I did a spacewalk or something similar in one of my early improv classes. And that was definitely one of those exercises where you your thought process is are we gonna do some fucking scenes nope. this week? No, <laughs> no, no, we're doing no? animal spines. All right, you're a cockatoo. Let's see a cockatoo in this space. What is he doing? Hey, cockatoo, I've got good news for you. Show me a cockatoo that got good news. Fuck. I I remember when I was taking my early improv classes, there was a guy who I hadn't heard too much from in scenes or doing anything. And I was very curious about what he would be like in scenes. And we were doing spacewalk. We're doing all these things. We're doing all these various warm-up exercises to learn how to, like, use the space, but also, like, warm up our bodies, as it were. And then my man rolled into a scene, and um, his first words out of his mouth were Adam Sandler voice. And I was like, oh, shit. I was honestly, like, I kind of overjoyed like I, because I was so surprised, and um, he uh, he did Adam Sandler voice I think pretty consistently um, through most of the class, and normally I'd say who knows where he is now, but now he's a he's a he is a semi I'd put him as semi successful comedian in Los Angeles. Oh wow, 
Yeah, he 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 did one year. He did the one class, and he's like, "I'm out, Lauren. I gotta get out of here. I gotta go to I go I gotta go to L.A." And he did it, and and uh, I think stand up suits him a little better than improv does. That's for sure. And uh, yeah, I and I watched a, a little bit of his act, and he doesn't do the M. Sandler voice anymore. Good for him. Good for him for giving that mm-hmm. up. I have a friend yeah. who I'm like, "You need to do a podcast, or you need to do stand up." He was like, "Should I do improv?" I'm like, "No, you will hate it." <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. It's like it's a team sport and you're mm-hmm. a tennis player. Like yeah. play tennis. Don't right. don't fucking play soccer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Well, we got a little improv talk in oh, there. You know that thing that we did for twenty years? <laughs> the thing I improvising I just... t- poorly for twenty years. Got oh, one day boy. one day I promise I won't break at my own jokes because I think I'm a genius. But until that day, I'm sorry, America. And abroad. Listen, Matt, Yep. real, recognize real. Okay? That's what I think. Anytime I see somebody laughing at their own jokes, I'm like, real, recognize real. He knows. He's crushing. That's why. That's why. When I'm laughing at my own jokes, I'm like, because I know. A real, recognize real. That's right. Um, Another segment. Now, this segment, this segment's Mm -hmm. only, I feel like, going to get hotter and hotter as the year heats up and it's who's festin who's festin not us baby. Uh, not us but let me tell you matt i am on a recent app i i made some strong proclamations you and i both did that our festin days were over yeah we the idea up. of doing we hung up our days, dusty togs we hung them up we said the idea of doing four days at aftershock Fuck would no. would just destroy our bodies and then the morning to this morning, as we record this, Josh Toomey, friend of the show, sent me a message and he was like, louder than life, bro. Louder than life. Holy shit, this lineup. This lineup. Once again, louder than life. Louder than life going to end your life because they're doing four fucking days. Jesus this is September 20, this font is small, 22nd through the 25th, 2022 in Louisville, Kentucky. Matt, let's run it down. Thursday. Nine Inch Nails, Headliner. Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, I know. Bring Me the Horizon and Evanescence. Hailstorm, Tenacious D, Youngblood, Ministry, Nothing More, Baroness, Spirit Box, Don Broco. Um, who anybody else I recognize in here? Oxymorons. I don't know who that is. Ava under fire. The dead deads. Um, Apocalyptica. This alone would have been a Lollapalooza. Like, oh my god! This is Th- this this, this would have been a fucking Ozfest, like the one day traveling Ozfest show. Like, this is enough. This is nuts. Now, now the thing is, is that I've seen. Have you seen Nine Inch Nails live? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I, it's been... I saw him on okay. the, the uh, Downward Spiral tour. Oh, you saw him on the... You, Primera is what... Yeah. Matt, don't bury the lead. You saw them on the Downward Spiral tour. Yeah. That's I, the tour. All, uh, you know, I yeah, saw him at Pine Knob, Manson opened, Hole opened, Nine Inch Nails. During the concert, Courtney Love was drunk, climbed over our seats. I gave her the old boost on the caboose. And everybody goes, you just touched Courtney Love's ass. And I'm like, all right, it's just giving somebody a boost, my friend. He's got to give him the boost. Got to uh, give him the boost. My hearing has never been the same since that show. 
Uh, mm. Loud one. Oh, yeah. Loud one. So I've seen Nine Inch Nails twice. I saw them on the 2005 With Teeth tour with uh, Queens of the Stone Age and Auto Lux. Uh, some of those dates were also with Death from Above 1979, but they did not play the Detroit dates. I was, it was one of those like grand opening, grand closing situations where I got the alert that, I, that Death and Robot was opening for that tour. And I went, yeah! And then it was like, not playing Detroit date. But uh, still, an all-timer. They really ripped it. That was one where Queens of Stone Age came out, really ripped it. And then Nine Inch Nails came out. And it was like a whole different ball game. There were people that looked like Cenobites in the audience. My favorite there people. There was uh, people that... Um, the chain to each other like it was like freaks come out at night wildness like did it was, i hear it was pretty nuts. trent Reznor start a concert with y'all ready to have a good time then why oh, yeah. are you here we're here for a bad time yes yeah that's shit. that's like a it's a pretty popular it's becoming like a popular meme now yeah it's like yeah are you guys here ready to have a good time he's like uh wrong band we're here to have a bad time and then he starts and then it says I've seen in the meme it says synthesizer starts playing, which is like the funniest like button on that. Uh, but um, I saw them, and then I saw Nine Inch Nails the second time in I think it was 2008 for the the Slip tour or the tour around when they put the Slip out, mm. and um, that was when uh, A Place to Bury Strangers opened for them, and uh, that was uh, that was a real ripper of a show. I think they did stuff from um, the uh, the ambient records too at that one but that but that show was i was now three i think it was three four years after this queens and nine inch nails with teeth tour and the audience we'd all i mean i was still in my 20s but everybody else had aged a little bit and the pit was not as active it was not as wild but i think also there was i think there was also a level of nine inch nails nine inch nails i think was about to go on a break too like I think they would go on a hiatus like a couple years after Shortly, that. Yeah. And I think I think there was maybe not I don't think it was like an undersold show, but it wasn't a sellout, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I am yeah. I, I I've never heard the fragile. Um I basically Wait. Wait. Yep. Wait. Yep. <laughs> Matt, you've never heard the fragile. I, I I had all the nine inch nails I needed. Yep. I have never heard the fragile. What is going on? I, well, I heard the I heard the singles and I'm like, no, nope, no thanks. That was you it. I heard the singles and went, I don't care. I went, no thanks. Not oh what I want. God. I am I am falling out of my chair, but it's not good for podcasting, so I'm staying in it. Hey, you know what? Wow. I mean, I have this history of liking the first sixteenths of a band's discography, <laughs> discography, and then they and like, then just all cut set. It. It's nine inch nails and bare naked ladies. That's it. For me. That's I like a sixteenth of their catalog. The rest a, of it I've not heard. So so I mean, when you say so, you haven't heard the fragile. Have you not heard any anything Correct. else? Correct. Just completely wow. stopped being a fan. I stopped being a Radiohead wow. fan uh, post in Rainbows. I have not heard anything okay. since. Okay. So okay. Yep. Well, that, I mean that that that's. That cutoff makes a little more sense to me, Matt. Mm-hmm. Cutting off after the downward spiral, that's a choice. Oh, it was a choice. 
That's the choice because the the build up, the build up to the fragile for me was so tremendous because it was like constantly you were waiting, you're waiting. We got the perfect drug with the uh, with the Lost Highway soundtrack, which I loved. Love perfect. And I was drug. like, oh my god. And then it was like, when's the fragile coming? And then we finally hear it's coming, and um. I remember 89X playing not we're in this together now. They played something else. They got like a couple tracks and they didn't they didn't play that one. They played a different one. And I was like, let's let's do this, you know. And then I heard we're in this together now. I was like, yeah, I'm in. And then I think Nine Inch Nails did the title track on the MTV uh, Video Music Awards. And I was like, okay, let's go this. And then yeah, that was uh I remember uh saving up my Mickey D's money. Go buy that bad boy. And um, yeah, I mean, that thing, I played the shit out of that record. But I missed that tour. I couldn't, I don't know why, but I didn't go to the show because they, that was, I remember they played, yeah, when I was still in high school and then a perfect circle opened and a lot of people went. But yeah, I just didn't, uh, I missed that show. Um, but no, I've been, I mean, every Nine Inch Nails record, I've, I've had conversations with people. I'm just like, Nine Inch Nails might be like one of the most consistent bands of all time. Like they have no dud albums. Like every album is good to great. Um, and, uh, I mean like year zero, that's like, that's like this, like if you, I mean, we're getting this Nine Inch Nails pod now, but if you, if I did like a ranking of like Nine Inch Nails records, and obviously, it's a fluid list. It's always moving all the time. But for me, I might go downward spiral one year zero two. Year zero has is like a sleeper. Like when it came out, I was not really on board with it. I didn't really understand what was going on. And then as the time went on, I, I would kept going back to it and listening to it again. And uh, and I was just like, this record, this record. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! And um, and now yeah, it's just one of my favorites. I love it a lot. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're still on Thursday of uh, Louder Than Life. <laughs> <laughs> who knew that Nine Inch Nails was going to do it? Who knew it? So, okay, so now we got Friday. Slipknot. Slip Lamb of down. God. You went right, I went left. Okay, Mastodon. Uh, in this moment. Meshuga. Clutch. Ginger. Quar. In flames. Helmet. Helmet Crown making another em- run. What? Helmet's back, baby. Paige Hamilton's got ha- a house. He's got a mortgage, okay? That's true. He's playing shows. Uh, Crown the Empire. Um, anybody else we know here? Dead. I know Amigo the Devil, but that's interesting. Okay. Um, if I Die First, I feel like we've made a joke about that band name before. Mm-hmm. Um, Vended. We have been sent stuff about them for whatever reason it didn't make the show. That is Corey Taylor's son's band. And I think oh, wow. I listened to a vended song and it was not bad. So I do like that Slipknot is playing the same day as Vended, which I can only assume to mean that they were making sure that um, Corey's son had a ride home with dad. So now, so far, we have two days. I would go to do any of those days individually, would not back to back those days. Matt, imagine. You staggering out of Nine Inch Nails Thursday night and being told, see you tomorrow for Mastodon Slip. <laughs> what? Pardon me? No, you are not. What? 
<laughs> but uh. let's just say I had enough Red Bull through going through my veins to make it through day two. This is the day, number three, I know you're not going to see me at the concert. You're going to see me. Here we the, go. You're going to see me wherever my bed is. Resting. Okay. Resting, resting, resting. All right, Saturday. Matt. I'll, I'll, all right, I'll start it off. Rob Zombie. Kiss. Alice Cooper. Chevelle. Ghostman. Jerry Cantrell. <laughs> dance, Gavin, dance. Body count. I would want to see them. Theory of a Dead Man. Seven Dust. Uh, Mammoth, WVH. We Came as Romans. Airborne. Il Nino. Tetrarch. Ooh. Uh, Wargasm. Ooh, war- Wargasm? Oh, they buried some stuff in there. I'm tapping back in. Tap back in. We're back in because look at this bottom line here. Dropout Kings and Bloody Wood. The Kings are back? No. The drop. The Dropout Kings? The Dropout Kings. This, this, would be, got a, this would be... This has a vibe. And that vibe mm-hmm. is Alice in Chains. And <laughs> I'm not here for it. The funny thing is, this is got this actually has a pretty stacked early day situation. You get there for Dropout Kings and Bloodywood, um, Bloodywood hitting you in the face with their riffs at one, two o'clock in the afternoon. You gotta feel it. That could be a good time. That could be a good time, but you're also gonna feel it if you just did Slipknot the night before. Um, uh, Il Nino, I don't know. We've We've always been kind of body count. I'd fucking it. love to see body count live. That'd be great. Yeah, based on the placement here, there they would be playing close to the afternoon evening. Um, Seven Dust. Yep. Um, Jerry Cantrell. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, as a long time Allison Chains fan, I'm surprised that Solo Him got that high. But then Matt Sunday. Cool. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. I'll start it. Alice in Chains. Incubus. Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> this this is like if there's a pass button, you know, like, you know that game Password, the electronic version yes. where you're just trying to uh-huh. get it out of your hand immediately? That's me mm-hmm. with this lineup. <laughs> Like, get this the fuck away from me. I want nothing to do with this lineup. <laughs> I just think it's funny that Jerry Cantrell is one line under headliner for Saturday and is headlining Sunday. Yep. Jerry Cantrell, well done. Well done in that in that placement there. Um the subline there, we got Papa Roach, Architects, Pretty Reckless, Bad Religion, Action Bronson, Jelly Roll. Um, the Struts, uh, Anti-Flag, Bayside, don't recognize a lot of these other ones, Radkey. Oh, Radkey, I think I've heard of them. They, they, um, they're more like a rock and roll band. They did a tour with, um, Local H. I get a little more of the rock to indie punk kind of feel from some of these band names. Yeah. Or just I mean, honestly, the, the, the one that seems to stick out the most here is Papa Roach. Papa Roach's vibe seems a little, a little more, well, new, new metal and and sort of I don't, well, I don't know. I guess they have, they they've done more of a pivot to being more of just like a rock band of sorts of the last ten years or so. But um, 
I mean, it, it, even with that one, that, yeah, that's. I think that's got the weakest um, below the line situation. Well, even I mean, like I I love Allison Chains, but Chili Peppers and Incubus. I mean, I'm all set in Incubus. I've seen them twice. I'm all good. Yeah. Um. I don't so, need a, another bead yeah. Cur- curtain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But let me tell you, that Thursday lineup, holy guacamole! The Thursday lineup, the Friday lineup, crazy. Uh, yeah. uh Saturday I'm sleeping through, and Sunday I'm going home. Yeah. There isn't a ton for me yeah. there. Hmm. Uh, wow. Well, there we go. Josh Toomey's already told me that I have to go this year. Um, no excuses. And here I am with all these excuses. Well, if you can um, if you can buy a one day ticket, boom, Friday. Done. Yeah, yeah, I guess that would be the way to go. I guess that would be the way to go. Although Saturday, I mean I get there early, dropout kings, bloodywood, catch some body count. And and catch a little Jerry, and then, you know, GTFO. Yeah, Maybe. you can you can totally do one day passes. Mm-hmm. There are well, you know what's funny? Hundred dollars. I, I looked up prices, and for four days, it's only two fifty. And that seemed honestly not bad, considering what I've seen for some of these other festivals. That is bad. Get. Yeah, weekend general admission is two seventy. Um, a four pack is no, a grand. That's a well, lot no, I of think, money. Wait, I thought I thought that's the VIP. No, VIP is six fifty. And that right. what makes what makes it VIP? I don't know. You probably get to go in a place with shade. Right. Probably has um food. You get one shade bottle of water. One bottle of water, and then like a you know. A, a more private porta potty. So, I mean, for, by all accounts, I've heard the bathroom situation at Louder Than Life has been always on point. Everybody's been very happy. So, because um, that's the worry I always have. What's the poop situation? Correct. Um, yes. So, all right. Well, thank you. Um, thank you, everyone who sent us um, that, which really was just. Um, yeah, Josh Toomey and uh, my friend Ashley sent me that. So those are the people who said this is a ladder in life. Um, Matt, new segment. It's called Who's Out. Who, who, who's out? So I woke up this morning and I did the thing they tell you not to do. I grabbed my phone and started scrolling my phone as I prepared for my day. And the first thing that I saw was an Instagram video from Sergio Vega, bassist for the Deftones, in which he read a statement in which he talked about how he is not in Deftones anymore. And uh, if you want to go to the various websites, uh, PRP, Stereo Gum, um, I mean, when this goes, uh, this episode goes up, this will be a bit of old news, um, but um, unless there's new developments after this went up. But uh, basically, Sergio's been the bassist in Deftones uh, since 2010. Um, he um, took the place of Chi Chang after he um, was injured in the car crash. And he had been listed as a permanent member of Deftones ever since. Contributed to all their records since 2010. Diamond Eyes, Koino Yokin, Gore, Ohms, guys on all of them. 
And he put the statement out basically saying that he was never actually a full-time member of the band. What? He was always a work for hire. But he was a contributor as a player and songwriter on all those albums. And that he was told that he would eventually become a full-time member of the band. Um, But every time that he would approach them about that, they would just redo his contract and give him more money. And he was like, okay, sure. And then they would continue on and performing and having a great time. And and basically when COVID hit, he said it kind of forced him to reconsider his situation. And he approached them about becoming a full-time member of the band. And they just wanted to just renew him and give him the contract, the same contract as before. And he said that it wasn't something that he wanted. It felt like for his career made sense. And then basically the long and short of it is that he was out and he didn't hear from the band. He basically just heard it from management and never really heard anything from the band. Couldn't get any of the guys on the phone. And he's very civil and respectful in his message that his time in Deftones was very fruitful and he learned a lot from them and he's you know continuing with quicksand he's going to be still a quicksand and that it, he says when he does quicksand shows it means a lot when he sees people in the audience in Deftones tees and you know I mean he certainly in his time in Deftones contributed his signature sound to the Deftones sound you can definitely hear him all over ohms um and so I was very shocked to read that he was not a full-time member of the band. Yeah, that's crazy to me. And so I was texting you know, with our friend Josh Toomey today. You know, we were texting about Louder Than Life, and I was like, this is this is crazy. And Josh is like, this is the industry, bro. This is how it is for most bands. And I was like, wait a minute. What? He said, yeah. If you're not, this is, I wanted to get Josh on the show, but Josh was busy doing his show. Fair enough. Couldn't do ours because he had to do his. I get it. Speaking of the industry, I'm kidding. And um, and by the way, yeah, he talked to me podcast. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> not fast. Not fast. And um, not fast. And he, um, yeah, he said basically this is how it is in the industry. If you're not one of the original members of a band, and you're brought in, you're a hired gun, and you generally stay a hired gun. And he said, he pointed out that um, when Ellefson left Megadeth, or when Ellefson rejoined Megadeth after leaving, he was only on as a hired gun until he left again. He did not rejoin the band in a full ownership capacity. Because he said that's a big part of it, is that when you're in this band and you bring someone on... You change contracts, you, make, you change you royalty change structure. You, you change Exactly. And then he said, and I don't think I'm out of line saying this, he said there is an entirely possibility, and there's no way to know we can't see their contracts unless they want to come on the show and talk about their contracts, which is not something I want them to do. But if they wanted to, sure, come on the show. Head and Wes could be work for hire guys in Corn and Limp Biscuit. It's entirely possible. I am more inclined to believe that Wes might be than Head. I feel like Head's... I feel like more than likely heads like back in, not as a setup as a work for hire. But he said like, yeah, that's that's how he's like he said wow. the way that a lot of these things are set up. You know, you see guys in bands and you think like this guy's in the band. He may just he's there. He has a contract in the band. He's on their Wikipedia as a member, but he is not an a full fledged 
owner of the band, as it were. That's crazy. And that's just that's just how it works, baby. It's how it works in the old music biz. And I said to him, I said, well, does this mean that the contract that Rob got from Metallica in some kind of monster was an exception? And he said, absolutely. He's like, that's what makes that scene so crazy, is that Metallica were like, we're going to bring you on as a member. You're not going to be some guy who plays bass for us that we pay. You're going to be a member of the band. Which makes me wonder, was Newstead brought in? Newstead was a full-time member of the band. Okay. And I think, yeah, because I think what it is, Because he still gets royalties from the Black Album, is my understanding. Right. And that is, I think, part of it, though, is that with Metallica, and we didn't, Josh and I didn't talk about this, this is my own speculation, is that Metallica want to be the, perceived as a full-fledged unit. They know that they can't, I mean, if you watch some kind of monster, I mean, they need stability or it all falls apart. So it's like, we got a guy, he's on base, we love him, he makes us feel good, you're in the band. We're hiring you, but also you're in the band. This is your commitment, you know? And I think um, I think that's, that's the difference. But yeah, uh, it really makes me just, yeah, sort of look at the larger realm of, uh, you know, how all these bands work and just makes me realize, yeah, how many of them just may be there as ostensibly hired guns who aren't owners of the band or you know members in whatever that means um you know i mean josh made a point that he's like you know it's a situation of like you know they you bring a guy in if you make him a full-fledged member of the band then he's going to get royalties from stuff that he never played on and that might be something that somebody doesn't want to do yeah so yeah um, which is why my argument of why I think Head is probably more than likely a full-fledged member of Corn again is that all the I, the I'd say ninety-nine percent of the songs they play live are all from albums that he's uh, played on and wrote. Um, yeah, because they don't really. I mean, from the era, from the era in which he was out of the band, I feel like only one or two songs tops makes it into a set list in general. I think Coming Undone is probably the only uh, non-Head song that still is in a in rotation so wow so yeah little look at us learning about the music biz learning about the biz works so matt you um known to play the bass yep um are you looking to submit now i mean obviously you won't be brought on as a full-time member but you can certainly get a little work for hire play some big crowds let them know about the pod well you know this guy's a journeyman over here you know i'm ready I'm just ready to be a journeyman, you know. Like, let's get it going. Nothing. I, I mean, I'm a fucking terrible bassist. Uh, I'm not even proficient, but my tone, awful. Not what they're looking for. And I'm ready. Let's just go out there and see how we can make it work. Let's just see. Let's just see. Let's see what. Let's see what happens. So, um, Deftones, hit up Matt Nas. Uh, Matt, I'm what's your? What's your like what's your... I said, I'm certainly not what you want, but uh, hit me at Matt at Gabber Media. I mean, I'm ready. Yeah, or tweet at him. You're at Matt Nas I on am. Twitter. Yeah. So yeah, hit him up, and uh, or you can email us at the show. Uh, just make sure to label your email. Matt, we need your base. Yeah, give Matt, give me the boom. Give me the boom. Send that to roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. gmail.com. Thank you so much. And um, hey, you know what? 
Sergio's work on that new quicksand record, also great. So I think Sergio's going to be all right. Deftones seems a little shady, but also seems apparently be the industry, the biz. Do we blame the band or do we blame the biz? Well, I think you got to blame a little both. Little of both. Little of column A, little column B. All right. Um, this next section, a little sad, but um, we want to talk about it. Um, Nullset posted uh, today that they are, I'll just read it. They're very. We're very sad to report to you that our beloved beast of a drummer, Mick Polisamo, has passed away after a battle with ALS. Mick was the driving force behind keeping the band on the heavy and aggressive side and brought the musicality to Nullset. His passion and intensity were obvious to anyone lucky enough to watch him perform, and he will be greatly missed by his family, band, and fans. Words can express how much he raised the bar for the group rest in power brother much love. much love and if you uh much love indeed and if you had um listened to our null set episode or if you have watched the null set documentary you will know that mick was uh, a presence he was a one of many interesting characters in that documentary and um immediately i was like oh no mick i knew immediately i mean let me tell you memorable guy and uh will be missed uh definitely was uh somebody who i mean this is they got it right here man he was uh definitely one of the driving forces of that band uh so very sad to hear of that loss uh matt we gotta talk about who's in those dms sliding up in now we got a dm from ryan thomas yep we sure do another push for noise therapy oh man telling you noise therapy crazy anglos you want to hear which one would you want to hear um matt let's hear let's hear this noise therapy all right let's hear it i can't think i can't speak i can't walk no control i can't feel i can't hope i can't cope i'm lost again All right, I'm, I'm I'm liking that. That's good, Matt. I need to get to therapy. Noise therapy. <laughs> that was good. Dude, that was good. That was I really good. That. that was really good. I got. Listen, in that in that one, uh, noise therapy. You are seen. You are heard. You are rocking. There it is. I'm into it. I'm into it. I think they're let, let me let me check the old long list because he's saying another push, which leads me to believe the noise therapy has already been given a push. Scrolling, scrolling. Please hold. Oh, they're not on the long list. I don't see. I don't see them. Oh, there they are. You're not going to believe this, Matt. What is it? You are going to believe this that I own this. <laughs> oh, well, big shock. <laughs> Noise therapy, you're on the long list. Um, very, I mean, this piqued my interest for sure. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Ryan, 
for that push. Uh, we got a DM from Alex McHugh. Uh, sent to us over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. He said, uh, so after last week's Who's Tweeting, the Limp Biscuit best song list was disappointing. Yes, good songs were on the list, but it was mostly singles and popular songs. I feel the author did no deep dive research. So I decided I would, but after listening to Limp Biscuit's discography, I was like, I don't have the time. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Um, uh, But you could easily replace um, songs like Behind Blue Eyes, Eat You Alive with A Trust, Why Try, and even Shotgun, which made me make another list. Okay. Biscuit albums, worst to best. All right. I love this. It's a DM with a list inside. Perfect. Love a list. Classic list. All right. Here we we are. All right. Here we go. This is from worst to best, according to Alex. Results may vary. No need to explain why it's last. All right. All right. The unquestionable truth. Being that this has two of their best songs ever, it's an LP, and some of the other later songs don't hold up. Okay. Chocolate Starfish. Being the major success that it was, I feel this album could have been a move to a move to a bigger victory lap for the band than just a Fred why is everybody picking on me album and I just don't believe his not giving a fucks on here as much as say on GC or SS that is fair I will say that's fair I think okay I think in retrospect I've softened on that but Mm -hmm. I think we even said in the it's you do care Fred you you care a lot yeah uh still sucks being so fresh and new it's what we wanted from them after 10 year wait we got bounce we got chug we got a cover a fun listen okay so uh, number three significant other the breakout album perfect blend of what was and what was to come in new metal such a good flow and though chocolate starfish might have more hits this album will always outrank it now there's two albums left man things are about to get twisty number two three dollar bill y'all debut not expectations just raw riffs funky bass heavy beats and some good old scream fred this holds up at second just because there was nothing to judge this to number one according to alex gold cobra Musically, this album is by far their best work. I don't know what Wes and Sam had going on, but the riffs and bounds are so well blended together, and Wes's guitar work is amazing. Fred lyrics are not the best, but they fit well, and nothing really makes you facepalm too badly. And John Otto, as always, crushing them drums. He does crush them drums. So, Lauren, crush them drums. after you mm-hmm. hear that list, reaction. My reaction first is that putting Gold Cobra at number one is bold. A bold decision to make. Um, as someone who we, I mean, I feel, I, I know we did gold Cobra mid late last year, but it still feels very fresh in my mind and I would not put it at one. I think, uh, where I currently stand, if I were to do this real quick, real quick off the top of my head, if I were to do a ranking, here we go, Matt, you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go, I'm going to go best to worst. Ooh, this is how I'm doing it. Chocolate Starfish, Significant Other, $3 Bill, Still Sucks, uh, Gold Cobra, Unquestionable Truth, Results. All right. That's where I am today. 
today. A little bit more of the populist choice, I would probably say. I am a, I'm feeling a little bit more populist, but I, you know, I got to tell you, listening to Chocolate Starfish um, right before Still Sucks came out, I was like, God damn, this record is a machine. It's unstoppable. And um, yeah, uh, but you know, at the same time, I mean, I'm still listening to Still, still Sucks all the time. I mean, that record's out of style. Style. The riff. Have we talked about the riff on a style map? Can we talk about about it again? Can we talk about this fucking riff? That fucking riff drops? Dude, that fucking riff drops. Dude, when that thing comes in your ear holes? I'm like, what what is happening to the world (laughs) that we are not talking about the fucking riff? How come we aren't going up to people and going, how you doing? Doing good. Have you listened to the riff out of style from Limp Bizkit lately? And then they go, you mean that fucking riff? The like, fucking, it, when that it, thing drops and it just comes in? fucking riff gun? Oh, my God. Uh, so, I mean, thinking about it now, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to th- bump up Still Sucks. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, what a lot of quality music. What a lot of quality music. What a sentence. What a um, lot of quality music. What a lot of quality music the Limp Bizkit have given us. Um so thank you alex for sending you sending us your list you are right attempting to do a complete re-ranking of all their songs is a lot more work than it might be worth considering you'd be doing it for free so thank you so much true uh matt it's who's emailing who's emailing we got an email from chad radical you want to take this one sure dear white trash Necromaster and Pancake. That's uh that's our juggalo names. That's our juggalo names, yeah. <laughs> he referred to us by our juggalo names. The new metal gods atop Mount Chinko have declared war upon the buttocks butt rock titans. As you three form the rap rock Cerberus guarding the fabled realm of the canon, you have been entrusted with raising the armies that will battle these vile, crack diving rectal rockers. Each of you must assemble the ultimate new metal band compromised of, oh, comprised of musicians from other bands. Each band must include a vocalist, guitarist, bassist, drummer, and one wild card. Wild cards may be a second vocalist, rapper, DJ, angelic producer, guy who hits stuff with baseball bats, etc., etc., so on and so forth. You cannot choose two musicians from the same band unless you can make the case that they are an inseparable duo. Molanleb, you downtuned demigods. Respectfully, Chad Radical, skateboarding magician, notary public, and ancient Greek philosopher. Always change it. Mm. love that chat radical um so this is quite a challenge the ultimate new metal band form of musicians from other bands we'll definitely have to get jenny to weigh in on this off the top of my head i'm gonna assemble right now in front of you matt assemble you ready all right here we go chino singer yep okay wes on guitar figured you actually, you have two of my choices right there because I would have done the same thing. Okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna get Ryan from uh, Mudvayne on bass. Nice. All right. On drums, we're gonna get uh, on drums. Who do I want on drums? Ooh, this is tough. 
Now, now, now it's getting a little tough because I can't, I can't take John Otto because I've already got Wes. So I've eliminated one of my options. So I'm going to take – good boy. Good boy, Matt. Things are getting complicated. We're going to take Wub. I believe it's Wub from POD on drums. Okay. And let me just go back to his requirements there. I've got I've got a vocalist, I've got a guitarist, I've got a bassist, I've got a drummer, and then one wild card, which can either be a second vocalist, rapper, a DJ, or angelic producer, a guy who hits stuff with a baseball bat. I I'm gonna go true wild card. DJ Worm. So funny. So funny. Literally, I would have picked everybody and I would have had to find a drummer. I might have gone Jay Weinberg. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have gone Morgan Rose. Ooh, that's another good one. Um, but that that was kind of uh, the main my main thoughts there. There we go. Yeah, we'll have to have uh, Jenny weigh in uh, when she's back on the show, and uh, she can let us know. So thank you. This is quite a you know, and also let us know in the comments your choices for. The ultimate new metal band uh, that you comprise of of other members of other bands that you cannot you get it's one member from one band unless you can justify their I don't think there was any I was I I was looking at this before we started recording and I wasn't sure there was anyone that you could justify as a twofer like an inseparable duo I, you know what the only one you could argue head and monkey I feel like they're a package deal I do kind of think that they're a package deal yeah I feel like you gotta. Can't have one without the other with those guys. Um, thank you, Chad, for that one. Uh, Matt, yep, it's your favorite time of show. Ooh. Ooh, it's old dogs, dogs new tricks. New tricks. Wolf points. There we go. That's right. Top 10 new metal underdogs. Garrett Davies sent us this list. We've been going through it every week. Uh, really loving a lot of these ones. Of course, Painfield, Choo Choo Train, one of the most important songs you've ever heard. Seatbelt. Oh, Ugh. seatbelt. Just uh, seatbelt. <laughs> I'll have you know, after we recorded that, we finished recording, and I immediately sent it to Jenny, and I said, here you go, and she texted me back, thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go, seat everybody. Belt. belt um so we've got just a few left on this list matt i can't believe we're almost done uh this week who are we listening to we're listening to eight degrees with their song clayed and stitched from the year 2000 24,500 listens so this is one of our bigger bands on the list okay eight degrees Get up! I'm gonna die, but through the skies I'm gonna die 
activate that fucking pit. Oh yeah, that's oh, Matt. That was that was fucking good. Is that what we call that good <laughs> shit? My favorite, that's a good shit. my favorite part about this YouTube clip is <laughs> that it, it it has all the text and everything over it, and it just goes as heard on PlayStation 2's test drive off road wide open. And then it has a, and then it has that that you know the game cover, you know they look like DVD boxes with hard black bars, but they just run a wave effect through it while the music's going. Oh man, it's like I'm right there. I love it. And this is, I mean, if I'm doing any of the things that you described in the name of this video game, I want this as my soundtrack. This is perfect. This is perfect. And 8 Degrees, you're perfect, even if you only have 24,000 listens on Spotify. Bump them up. Clayton stitched. I loved it. I'm, I'm, I am I'm want to hear more. I would like to know if there's more 8 Degrees out there for us to hear. They really did it on that one. Well done. I know why it was soundtracking a video game. Well done. Another old dog new tricks. Just a, an embarrassment of riches. Never let you Love down. it. Never let you down. I love it so much. Well done. We've got, believe it or not, Matt. What we is? Have one more left. We have one I more know. left. I know it's crazy. One more left. I know it's crazy. And then we're gonna, I guess, I have to dig up a new list to talk about. <laughs> I don't know. Will, Will we, we find able a way? to find one? I know. Will we find one? Is someone gonna send us a list? I don't know. I don't know, Matt. <laughs> I'm truly shocked uh, we haven't gotten one already. To tell the truth, like. Oh, oh, Matt, we, we've, we've been sent other lists. Oh, okay. I've just been, I've been just, you know, parsing them out. We, one list at a time with us sometimes with some of these. So uh, thank you, Gareth. It continues to give us uh, joy and happiness in our lives. And believe it or not, this just brings us to the end of another episode of Roach Coach. Oh, look at us. Look at us. There we go. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello to us online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and until next time, Matt, thank you. Oh, Lauren, thank you. Jenny. Jenny. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.